welcome back, everybody, to Bar Talk, the beverage and spirits podcast from the Relief and Resource Company in Fenton, Michigan. I'm your host, John Foley, and with me, as always, Courtney Booms, Mark Miller. Hello, hello. And uh, we'd like to thank, before we begin, as always, iLogic Media, our production partner, and Jonathan Cole, who helps edit and ready these podcast episodes for your consumption. They always do such a great job. So if you haven't checked out their content, please do so. And today we're definitely going to focus on the beverage portion of our title, not just yes. the spirits portions, because it is uh, late September, which means it is smack in the middle of Oktoberfest season. And the three of us are all big fans of beer as well as mm -hmm. we are spirits. And uh, we're also big fans of the Oktoberfest style. So we are going to blind taste uh, 10 different Oktoberfests from North America and from Germany. We're going to kind of reveal them as we go along. We're going to give you some tasting notes and hopefully this show can serve as a guide for you going out and shopping and getting some good um, uh, six packs or, or cans of, of fantastic Oktoberfest. These are great beers for uh, outdoor grilling. They're great beers for tailgates. Um, they're generally low ABV, so they're great beers for you know having a couple pints so on your deck or wherever you're going to be but it's a cool style that i don't think uh we pay nearly as much attention to in the beer world as we should and as we as this podcast go along and we do focus on beer from time to time you'll probably hear us champion traditional and lower abv styles because how many pastry stouts or double ipas can you really drink and become a, and remain a functional person I mean, it is the middle of the harvest season you can't be out there shucking all that wheat and then Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. shuck any of my wheat this weekend. And it was your birthday over the weekend, so it's I know you didn't shuck I did wheat. no shucking of any any sort. You no. didn't shuck any wheat? No. Uh, a wheat, not this one. A wheat <laughs> remains unshucked. And I have to admit that I feel a little um, unprepared for this podcast. And it's as if I want to give you an overview of Oktoberfest, but who possibly could have done all the work to give you a short historical perspective on Oktoberfest styles. Is it you? No, it's certainly not, I don't think. <laughs> there we go. Hey, what's up? It's me, Courtney. Beverage historian. <laughs> so not only am I wearing a uh, folksy traditional dirndl, which would be the kind of female equivalent of the lederhosen, which a lot of people have maybe associated already with Oktoberfest. Mine are in the shop. If, if you're watching, that's why yeah. I'm not wearing them. I blew them out over the weekend. It was, <laughs> it was a rough weekend. There was a lot of activity. Um, yeah, so I actually have a little bit of German heritage in my in my family. So we, uh, most of our my cousins, people I know, um, have these, and um, and we're from the Bavarian region of Germany, where Oktoberfest originated. So it mm -hmm. started in Munich. Um, the very first one was on October the twelfth, eighteen ten, and it was in celebration of Crown Prince Ludwig the first, and his wife uh, would become Princess Three Saxon Hildburghausen of Saxony. And their marriage started a five-day festival. So they had the wedding and then five days of festivities. And it would be um, summed up with a horse race, which was super popular in the beginning, but actually is no longer um, celebrated as part of the, of the general fair. It happened um, in the town center uh, on a field um, named after the princess. So uh, Driesen Weise, usually just called Wiesen, um, Wiesen now. And yeah, after the first year, it was the royals kind of put foot the bill. And then after that, the state. What um, was it called? I'm sorry. The Wiesen? field. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be uh, three. Um, Wheat. Trees. Trees and visa. Trees is field. Okay. Green. Okay. And then um, yeah, so it was first first uh, footed bill by the royals, and then years after that, it was footed by the state agricultural fair or the Landwirtschaftlichte um, Viren and Bern. So what now? Yeah. It was. The agricultural group, Mark. Yeah. So they would they would basically just be celebrating German agriculture. Um, it would have been a fairly agricultural society for many, 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 many years. Um, Generally, still seen as a celebration of the harvest. Exactly, of, of it's a harvest years, festival. Yeah, of the years of the season's bounty. Exactly. Yeah. So if if you're familiar with kind of like um, Celtic cultures, which is another thing that I'm very very um, into, it'd be Lunessa, right? The the autumn harvest, basically. Yeah. Um, so at first it would be uh, celebrating that, and then years would go on. In 1818, the first carousel was installed. Um, the year after that, you started getting booths for food and beer stalls, right? And uh, let's see, after a longer period of time, it's the 1870s when you'd get like huge carousels and fair, like fun fair games. 
those booths turned into like plywood halls. So they would do like portable, quickly erected beer halls. Um, music became super popular. So all these beer halls would get fitted with things like um, balconies and stages. And um, as time go goes on, instead of the agricultural society footing the bill, you'd actually get the local breweries fitting the bill. And then each brewery would have their own beer hall. Yeah. Um, set up straight, still in the in the heart of Munich. How state. much of this do you do you give credit for for starting the um, the German beer hall tradition? Is, is this um, a major player, or is is this stuff already here? It, they kind and of it, evolved together, I would okay. say. So Munich, uh, being just the biggest city in Germany, I think still today, um, they they would have had beer halls in town. Mm -hmm. um, there's the there's like famous beer halls that a lot of people know, the Hofbrau. Um, or Hofbräu, I think is the German pronunciation. Um, and the, the historic beer hall Putsch, of course, was in, in Munich as well. Um, that's no longer a beer hall, it's now a movie theater. Um, but yeah, today, uh, breweries still erect these structures. Some of them have uh, seating for upwards of 6,000 people. Um, it's a two-week festival, so it starts um, in mid to late September, and it always ends the either the first Saturday in October or October 3rd, whichever one is later. So addressing a common misconception about Treats. these beers, um, they are a celebration of the harvest of the season. Oktoberfest is actually in September. Right. Yeah. That's, that's Which is why you see these beers in, in America come out from, from regional breweries uh, end of August, early September. Mm -hmm. So you can really get them all month long. And that starts uh, off with the style of beer that would be brewed. So the traditional Oktoberfest beer is a Marzen. And Marzen is actually March, German for March, the month of March, where the beer would first start its brewing process. Mm -hmm. And then it'd be like lagered or barreled for the, almost the entire summer. And then it'd usually be ready around mid to late September. And that's why they would serve it at Oktoberfest. It's the beer that was literally ready in that season, that time of the day. Opposite from, say, Saison, which would be brewed in the fall exactly. and then and rested over the winter for spring release. Exactly. Yeah. And box, box would be the same thing. Like, People are going to start brewing box now. Yeah, and then it'll be ready and released kind of late Lenten. winter, early. Yeah. yeah. If we can pull together enough Doppelbach, we'll do another one of these uh, in February because we all also really like yeah. Doppelbach. That? Yeah. So um, I had a bet that you were going to use uh, Rahenskabut in a sentence, oh. but you didn't do it. But oh, do you want to do you want to throw that word out and let people know what that? What Rahenskabut means? Rahenskabut? So um, I know it as Gemütlichkeit. The purity law. Oh, no. Okay, that's something different. So Gemütlichkeit is the reason why they um, did the beer hall kind of festivities. It's the sense of cordiality that humans oh. have with each other. Like a sense well, now of I know a new word. And the word I probably so. mispronounced, Rahenskabut, is the German purity law, which states that beer in Germany must be made with literally four ingredients, hops, malt, water, and yeast. So yeah. there's no adulteration beyond the classic ingredients in any of the beers that we're about to drink because to be an Oktoberfest, you kind of have to do that. Yeah, and Oktoberfest beers are super malty. They have a light, hoppy crispness usually to the very end yeah. of it, near the end of the, of the drink. But we might not see all dark malt. That's a lot of people always think Oktoberfest are, are dark amber um, no. when you're going to see lots lighter beers, and we'll probably see quite a few of those today. Uh, we I went out and foraged for these beers. We have 10 different ones, and... Um, I know what they are, but I don't know when we're going to taste each one. So we have um, uh, some support staff assisting us today, and we're going to receive each beer anonymously. We're going to taste it and kind of talk about it, and then we'll reveal which one which one it is um, as we go along. And then at the end, we'll kind of give you just our favorites, and um, maybe that'll provide you uh, with some items for your shopping list. So are we ready for round one? Let's do it. Let's, yeah, we're going to drink some beer. Uh, Let's get into it. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. Have to work later so my pores can be a little smaller. Yes. Did you know that uh, over 6 million guests attend Oktoberfest each year on average? And they drink uh, over 2 billion? 6 million? 6 million guests, 2 billion gallons of beer. These are guests during who, this two week who just in Munich. Those are Munich numbers. Yeah, that's just Munich's numbers. Good for them. Mostly. Australians, Americans, and Italians, if they're not Germans. Yeah, Northern Italy has a lot of German culture overlap. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Fruity on the nose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and fruit forward on the front palate too. So this is a bright beer. 
um, really doesn't linger too much on the finish. I get a lot of like kind of bright yeastiness and a little bit of sweetness on the finish too, which yeah. would lead me to believe that this may be one of the European ones. I think so as well. Yeah. Um, that like toasted biscuit flavor is uh, lingering on your palate after you take your first sip. Yeah, and like we discussed uh, the other day, German um, Oktoberfests generally are much lighter in body and mouthfeel, I feel like, than American style. Yeah, Oktoberfest, you know, we tend to inject a little bit more hoppiness into ours too, and I think that's just a a way to appease the the American palate. Um, where in Germany you would see the use of noble hops, or you would see hops that are there for, like, say, the original reason um, for adding hops to beer, not necessarily bitterness, but you know, preservation, preservation floral. Yeah. yeah, so you won't necessarily taste bitterness in a lot of a lot of German ones. This one I would give pretty high marks, but I do like really traditional Oktoberfest. Yeah, and there's also kind of like, as I'm sipping it and smelling it at the same time, I would have to bet that there's the malt that they're using, I could also see going into like a Bach or a Doppelbach or something like that. Which are dark beers, but not necessarily always super dark and never roasted malt. Um, we actually yeah. cracked a uh, Pauliner, Pauliner Salvatore the other day, which is a, an amazing beer. I think there's still a law in place that we'll revisit this hopefully in February. There's a law in place that still states that Doppelbox have to be 6.7% or above. Yeah, they're a higher gravity beer good on for, average. Good yeah. for them. Like yeah, German yeah. literally has a law that says, no, come on, don't don't make any weak-ass Doppelbox. <laughs> Give me the real thing or, you know, get your punk ass back to the yeah. dog show. But is that kind of like, it's that kind of like, kind of like grapey, like grape juice kind of thing I get from it that I get in the box as well. It's funny because I get banana mm -hmm. peels. Banana peels, and yeah. I think, I've, I think that's the same thing that we're both going for, but yeah. it's just our two palates separating that. Carbon oh, carbonation is really well integrated too. It's not overly carbonated. But I will also also beer for being undercarbonated too, so I'm really, this is true. I'm really picky about carbonation in beer. Actually, I like an undercarbonated beer. Unless I'm drinking Belgians or, or um, Hefeweizen. Those I want pretty bubbly. All right, excellent. Well, it's a great start. I, I like that one a lot. Oh, oh so and here we is... go. Oh, good job, Frankenmuth Brewery. Wow, ah, look at that. So this is, this is interesting because this is the most, um, is this, for the most part in our area is the most German brewery, oh. uh, aside from Brewery Becker in Brighton, Michigan. So we operate out of Fenton. We're in between pretty much Frankenmuth and Brighton. I went to Becker uh, on Sunday to get some of their Oktoberfest. They launched their Oktoberfest uh, celebrations on Thursday. I went there on a Sunday and it was already gone. So this um, this is Frankenmuth Brewing Company and they're a very, very German uh, little town. Um, their whole, a lot of their, their tourist industry is, is predicated on, on German culture and German celebrations. And they put this Oktoberfest out every year. And now I had this probably 10 years ago and it was not nearly this good. So this is already a really nice surprise. Yeah, I liked it. I do too. Frankenmuth has one of the largest population of Germans in Michigan. Michigan actually has quite a few Germans. Most of ours are up north. Yes. Yeah. Just one bags. Thank you. Number two. That's my whiskey club membership number. Is it really? Yes, it is. Only beaten out by one man. Is it Robert? He knows who he is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't going to say it, but... Oh, this one already smells vast. Yeah, and we're about three shades lighter. Yeah. Two. Super light. Much more carbonation, it seems. As well. Yeah, and a whole lot more malt on the nose. Not nearly the fruit that we found on the mm -hmm. on the Frankenmuth. Very roasty on the nose. Interesting. So in Germany, their beers are often brewed lighter than what we might expect. So I think some people expect um, the Marzens or the Oktoberfest style beers to be almost like an amber shade. They're usually uh, a color difference between about a lager and an amber. Like yeah, you can see them yeah. go pretty light. Mm -hmm. So this is making me wonder if this is actually a first European. Maybe a slight bit more hops than in the first one, but not by much at all. Just that very back end, I feel. Yeah. But not bitter hops. Again, no. um, this has a real, uh, to me, it has a real noble hop um, Absolutely, taste yeah. profile where they're, where they're more floral and more grassy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there are five noble hops um, that are used in in beer, and they're they're seen as the the most traditional. I don't, I can't name them all though. Saz, Tetnager, Goldings maybe. There's another one that I cannot pronounce, and I don't know if English Fuggles are there too. But there's a, there's a group of five that are the most traditional um, hop varietals. I used to know them, but my um, my my beer conversation isn't as in depth as it used to be since yeah. we deal mostly with spirits. Yeah. Now. But this is lovely. I mean, I wouldn't put this I any really any further it. away from the Frankenmuth, except I might give it a notch above. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, this is a really for great... reference. Like I'm kind of ranking them as we go. The Frankenmuth, I obviously was the first, so I started like you know five from one to ten. Oh, okay. This one, I'm going to give it a six. I don't know if I'm going to be able to give anything under a five or a four because that would mean I just don't want it. Yeah, and right, hopefully right. there's nothing yeah. here like that. <laughs> Okay. We need to pick it up a little bit. So we need to find out what is this one? What is it? Oh, hey. Yeah. Bells Michigan classic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised I like this at all because this is the, the Bells always puts this out. They do a great job. Uh, everybody listening to this podcast probably knows what Bells is. Uh Michigan's biggest and oldest brewery. Yeah. And it's interesting too because when I first tasted this, my 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 brain thought to me, this definitely tastes like more of kind of like an American style Oktoberfest. Yeah. yeah. Which it is. So. Yep. I I, you and I are, are big fans of this beer. I am. Yeah, I, I love this beer. And they are no strangers to doing really good German style beer. They just don't do a lot of it. But they do a good Bohemian Pilsner, which I think is how they Ooh, label yeah. Lager of the Lakes Lager now. Lager of the Lakes, yeah. And they have... Uh, Consecrator Doppelbach, Doppelbach, right? Is it Consecrator? I believe so, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Bell's Doppelbach, which is really hard to find, is, a, is an amazing beer. So when they dip their toes into traditional styles, specifically English and German styles, they always knock it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent job, Bell's. Yeah. Well done. And there are still like end aisle cap towers of this around. Like you can, you oh, can yeah. get this, yeah. but you probably have to get it quick. Yeah, because it'll be running out. Yeah, because I, I first saw it probably. Maybe like three to four weeks ago. So, yeah. Right. So, this one, I, I, I want to say that there was a little bit more cloudiness to the other two, and this is this is pretty clear. Numero mm -hmm. tres. Very clean. Yeah. It's Excuse um, me. sorry. It's much closer to like a pills that absolutely cleanness yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I so wonder. So my style of beer. So I'm not as uh, as into this one so far versus the other two. Yeah, I think the hoppiness is there a little bit more. I think that's really um, and the finish is much less complex than the other two. Yeah. Didn't necessarily make it bad. It's just I think I expect more creaminess. From like a very like I look for a very creamy malty beer when I'm going yeah. personally for an Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah, I would like. I think I personally would like a little bit more malt to it. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It'd be. Uh, it seems like it's gonna be an easy day drinker for almost anything. And interestingly, you know, our our lovely assistant over there, Cynthia, is doing these in order of ABV. Yes. So this is so technically higher ABV than the other two. Bells or Frankenmuth, which is interesting to me. Because it doesn't drink like it, you know? No. no, it doesn't taste like it at all. What is it? Oh, it's the third Michigan one ah, in a row. Excellent. Old Nation. Old Nation Oktoberfest. Oh, if she's going over to ABV, it means Michigan's on the on the low end on of the, the scale end. so far. Yeah. Ooh, Michigan, what you doing? I'm actually I didn't look at the ABVs when I bought them, and I kind of just assumed that we'd start with all the German ones. Because I thought they would be lower. This is why lovely Cynthia had to be our assistant. She just likes blowing us. I'm just gonna keep it. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah. keep us organized too. So Old Nation, uh, for those who don't know, most of you know M43, which is their most famous beer, which is a hazy IPA. Mm -hmm. uh, I was delighted to learn that they did an Oktoberfest, and I do really like it. But in the blind, I like it less, less, less than Bell's. Less yeah, than others, and yeah. I think it's on par, if not a slight bit lower than Frankenmuth. I think so. Which yeah. is really interesting because I've been jamming these at work, and I, you know, after after a shift, and I think they're really good. But it doesn't quite stand up to the yeah. other two. And that's why blind tasting is so cool, too, because, like, 
before I knew what it was, like I was obviously assessing it, tasting it. And now that I know what it is, my brain kind of switched to, oh, that's Old Nation Oktoberfest. So now I'm kind of tasting more things that I normally taste from it. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, without knowing it, I was tasting completely different things. So. Yeah. This one's still around too. It's a really nice beer. I think that you'll be able to get it for the next week or two, and then it yeah. will be gone because it was a, a quick run. But they pushed it hard. And, and you can note. see on the oh sorry, you can see on the front of this the, the blue and white, which is the actual flag of Bavaria. Bavaria, yeah. yes. Side note, um, you probably know Old Nation's uh, most famous beer they do is M43. If you can get your hands on it, the strawberry M43 they do is. It's rather nice, yeah. It's very yeah. Good. <laughs> it's not around for very long. No, usually only like a month. If that yeah, happens. we get like a case at a time, and then we sell it out on a weekend, and then it's gone. For those of you who've been watching on our uh, podcast videos, you might have just seen me make a really cute little face and look at Cindy and look back. This beer smells like Belgian waffles, and it delight. It's delightful. Belgian waffles, Absolutely you say? Delightful. Yeah, that's what I smell out of it. Multi waffle. Oh, wow, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the power of suggestion, but yeah. Could be, but it smells awesome. And I, I really like the flavors. Well, I think, that you're, I think you're speaking towards the malt. Yeah. For sure. Because That's right? exactly what it yeah. is. It's a sweeter nose and a sweeter yeah, taste. And, but it's very sweet, too. a sweet malt. Yeah, uh, definitely less hops than we've had in the, the previous three, mm-hmm. which is why I like it so much. This has got a beautiful creaminess to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, this might be my favorite so far. I may go out on a limb. I could be wrong, but this might be our first German. I'm going to, I'll plant my flag and see if I'm wrong, but I, I, I do love this beer, whatever it is. It's fantastic. Before yeah. we find out what it is, I'm going to give it a, I'm not giving number scores right now. I'm see, I'm waiting. Oh, this I'm is it. my first nine. It's my first nine. Uh, nine. I thought I was going to give this one a nine, but it gets downgraded. So. All right. What is it? Oh, yeah, this I have this never had this. Peak. Yeah, so this is um, this is North Peak Brewing Company. This is uh, Traverse City, Michigan, and I I don't know if they've offered this in previous years. I would imagine they have. Last year we were still so busy reopening from from the summer's lockdown with COVID. I didn't really go out and shop for Oktoberfest the way I usually would. So I I'm not sure how long they've been doing this, but. It's a new beer to me, and it's really, really nice. What's it called? Dauntless. Dauntless. Dauntless by North yeah, I think yeah, maybe this m- honestly might be a relatively newer style for them to brew. Because I don't think I've, I maybe saw it last year, but okay. Maybe. So the hops are Tetnang and Hollow Tower, which are both noble hops. Yes. So they're being very, very traditional right there. Um, I don't know, obviously, the malt because they don't list it, but this just tastes really, really. Just traditional yeah, to me, yeah. and I really, really like it. Really creamy and super malty. Hmm. I, I was always operating under the, under the impression that Bell's made the best Oktoberfest in Michigan, but <clears throat> it might not be true. At least not today. <laughs> Lovely. Now, I never asked you this during this, this podcast, but what's, what, what, how, how's our time looking, Mark? Our time? Yeah. We're sitting at 23 minutes and 41 seconds. Look at that. Yeah. Doesn't take that long to blind a bunch of October. <laughs> so out of the four, I think right now I'm at I'm at North Peak and Bells as my top two. But only by a nudge. The Frankenmuth was really nice. Yeah, I I'm the same. Bells I have the highest and then North Peak second highest, I would say. I put North Peak and Frankenmuth both at fives, but this is really light. this is a German beer. Super light. <laughs> this has got it. Be. Just looks like a German. Beer. I got about three different beers though. Mm-hmm. I t- well, the first one I said it tasted very traditional, mm. which makes sense because it was Frankenmuth, and last one just totally, totally flipping. The smell of it, you can tell it's German beer. It has a slight, dankness. and I don't mean this dankness in a bad way. <laughs> skunkiness, yeah, yeah, dankness, yeah. Oh, that would more often than not read as hops. Yeah. So we'll say dank nose. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most, it's the closest by far in style to like traditional lager. Traditional lager. Yeah. That was exactly what I was just writing right now. (laughs) Traditional lager style. But it still still has a little bit of a creamy mouthfeel to it in the palate. Should we talk about for a second, just as a side note, the difference between a lager and an ale? Because some people might not know. Tell them. 
So Tell the people, Mark. Yeah. So basically, uh, the difference between a lager and an ale is uh, basically the yeast that they're using. Lagers use, uh, the way that I remember it is lager is low fermenting. So as it's fermenting. Bottom it's fermented a, at, at a lower, lower temperature. temperature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then ales, top fermenting yeast in, in, in the fermenter and generally at a little bit higher of a temperature than they do. Lagers. Right, which allows yeast to impact flavor more. Right, exactly. Yep. Because so. it metabolizes quicker at higher Science. Yeah. <laughs> early, early beer. I'm going to write down what I think this one is. I'm going to show you. Use case. Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to say it out loud because Cindy laughs at me when I get them wrong. I, I, I was <laughs> so between that, that and and the other main. Believe it or not, based on having their logger, I'm not sure yet. I don't blame you for your guess. I'm not. Sure. Well, I'm guessing anyway. Planting my flag. I'm going to put this Ah, Weissbier. Yeah. That was this the other really one I was too. thinking. It is German, though. Yeah. I knew yeah. it was either going to be that yeah. one or Weinstefana. This is Weinstefana. Yeah. 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 So this is or the oldest brewery in the world. And I can't yeah. spell that, so I'm just going to put by so I know which one it is. <laughs> W-E-I. Traditional. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-E-R. Blue and white checker. All right. Yeah. No, this is a great one. Vastafana is um, has been brewing since 1040, so nearly a thousand years of brewing tradition. And it is the the purity of raw brewing. For this yes, one. and their yeast strain has been around. I think it's I think it's still alive. I think the actual like like the mother, mother yeast, yeast is mother still yeast. alive, and you can you can buy it. Oh no shit! You can buy it as nice. a starter yeast. Yeah, nice. soups, that's so much breadier than the other beers that we've had so far. And so far, we're halfway through, and that is the highest score. I've that's fantastic. So far, yeah. So. That's so good. Gave that one a solid seven. Mm-hmm. I'll drink a large Stein space. of that. You're gonna have to consolidate some okay. of that. Matter of fact, I'm gonna change that some to an eight because that's just a lovely beer. All right. Okay. I have that freaking song stuck in my head that we were singing before the podcast. No, I didn't want to take left alone. Yes. That wasn't it, but we're going we're to play that at the end, yeah. which we don't own the rights to, so nobody's saying We can't sing anything. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, so number six. Yeah. Let's just say it has to do with turning around. <laughs> All right. Every now and then or always? Yeah, yeah every now and then. <laughs> Thank you, because that's now going to run through my head the whole time. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. And what I like about all of these is like the, the, the nose on them is so bright and fruit forward and, and lively. Like none of these beers smell. Um, I want to use the word flat, but not, it doesn't mean carbonation. It means that the, the aroma is flattened out. Like, no, you know, like they, I don't have to they, search for anything. They, you know? Yeah. yeah they're they very, jump out of the glass. Yeah. Up front with the nose for sure. And this one specifically is very like, I get a very roasty Ooh. quality to it. Yeah. Wow. This, that's awesome. Super toasty bread. Yeah, bread for sure. Yeast. I like that. So uh, my guess now is the one that you just had. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. This definitely drinks like a like a German beer. But it's specific. I don't. This is sound really weird, and I don't mean this poorly at all. It has slightly like a gourdy smell to it, but like that you get in baby sweet potatoes food. or like yeah or sweet potato like anything pureed it smells like yeah. pureed gold this isn't the one i this isn't the one i guessed last time okay i think it's Einer. that's a very oh that's probably a better guess actually you said that. what do you think it is Einer. i think it's a-y-a-y-i-n-g-e-r yeah but i haven't had iron oktoberfest in like probably a decade but i remember loving it when i had it yeah. Yeah. Could be wrong though. What is it? He's right. Hey, <laughs> oh, okay. he got it. Oktoberfest Mazen from Einge. Yeah, this is a great beer. Mm-hmm. And the, the ABV is almost the highest. So what do we have here? 8.5% alcohol. 8.5? No, 5. 5. 5.8. She transported. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would imagine that most of these are almost identical, right? I was going to say, they got to be How many 5.8s did you, did you have? Three of them. Yeah. The majority of them are around 5.8 then. I think yeah, I think they're, they're. I think almost all fest beers are probably right in between five five and six five, or six. 
because there's almost no sense in making one any stronger than that because it kind of defeats the purpose, which is, you know, being able to have a bit of it. And again, you can't I drink an 8% beer out of a liter stein. You can, but well, yeah, for real. you'd get really tired of it halfway through. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Again, just as like assessing the, everything of it, I kind of get like a, um, like a litter box kind of funkiness to it. Well, I see. So to me, it's <laughs> you are like surrounded by cats at home, so that makes true. sense. This is true, yeah. That probably that smell probably just Maybe lives just, in your yeah. nose. Yeah. <laughs> and you do that thing where you like grab, you kind of like grab them and like smush them and make out with them a little bit. Of course, yeah. So you just yeah. you just smell like cat. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Cindy. Um, I need to, Cynthia, would you mind dumping this, please? Oh, no. Dumping my dumper. That's. Thank you. All the things our friends do for us. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You'll get to meet Cindy at the and end. She's doing this for free. She's fantastic. Yeah. She may or may not get some cider out of this. At the end. We're Most definitely going to yeah. get her a cider, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, number seven, the penultimate Oktoberfest, as it were. Color consistency has been pretty much all the way through. I think that Frankenmuth probably was the darkest. This is one of the darkest. Oh, so this is almost the same as uh, Frankenmuth was uh, Claudia, though. There's another one that yeah, really clear. Yeah, Frankenmuth had, I would almost dink Frankenmuth down a couple points because the, it was cloudy. Yeah, which By, is not typical. Yeah, for me, if I'm judging Fespier, it should be very, very clear. I should be able to see right through it. And yes, beer gets judged on appearance too. It's part of it's part of scoring. Oh, beer. Rating scale, yeah. yeah. And it's ranged everywhere from like amber, amber mid amber to like a light, even a pale. This one is just very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very. It just kind of. It rides the same line the whole way through. There's not no, like spikes in malt or yeah. pops or anything. Like that. Although Oktoberfest is a notoriously hard style to nail down in terms of what it should be, which is what makes drinking them so fun because they're all so different. There are also similarities that run throughout them. Yeah. In terms of hot profile, malt profile, alcohol. Um, this is the least fest beer tasting beer that we've tasted. I would have to agree. all day. Yeah. If you just told me this was an amber lager, I would believe you. Yeah. If somebody put this out there as their like red ale, I would believe you. Mm -hmm. This doesn't taste like a fest beer to me. Yeah. I would have to agree. Watch it be watch it be hot, bro. Oh god. Oh, brewery back. Uh, Breckenridge out of Colorado. Brewery out of Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it's a bad beer, it's just not it's my a, favorite. So it's a far. really tasty beer that I have to score really low because it does not taste like our double. Yes, yeah, I agree. Because I was trying to find like creaminess. There's, there's a little bit of malt, but not a, not a lot to me. It's more drying than I thought uh, the high spirit should be. Yeah, you're right. It does it does dry up on the end, mm -hmm. which and with a good fest beer, I feel like even if it's lighter, you still kind of get those lingering like bready. Yeah. Well, there's a lingering pleasantness to it. Like they're malty and lingering in a way that's not like... Like a traditional, like a heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy, overdone yeah. stout, sure, where it's yeah. just like, yeah. oh god, you know, I need to drink some water so I can get this taste out of my mouth, so I can ready myself for the next sip or bite of food or right. whatever I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Breckenridge, but I think you're on the bottom. Yeah, so far that is the, the, my least favorite. Okay, so we know what the last one is because we know what we bought. I know what it was. Oh, one we're doing is. eight. I Huh? Oh no, we are doing ten. We are doing ten. We're doing. That's what I thought. Oh man. Okay, great. Let's keep going. I had in my head eight. Cindy's like, oh. Well, shit. the number fluctuated, right? So it was originally eight, yeah. and then it was twelve, and yeah. then I couldn't find Becker, so it was eleven, and then we got one. Yeah. Well, I'm just really excited now. Yeah, this is probably one of, what probably one of your favorite episodes we've done, yeah? Because I know you love Oktoberfest. Yeah. I mean, I do as me. Well. I, yeah, I love Oktoberfest. Oh, so not to keep harshing on that last one, it smelled like hot dogs. Oh, like hot dogs, you say? Yeah. A fine schnitzel. A Wiener Schnitzel? So traditional. Watch our Oktoberfest episode where Courtney really harshes on Breckenridge. And Breckenridge is from Colorado, so. I'm, Colorado, I'm so sorry. Oh, man. They're just like, it's cool, man. Festival foods. The, the ones you might expect. Pretzels, sausages, right? Roasted chicken. Mm -hmm. I think it was 18. Roasted chicken. It was in 1825 or something or so that they had the first roasted chicken stand. And we're from 
Michigan, so Zenders, we know, yes. mm-hmm. is huge for their roasted chicken. A lot of people are like, why the heck is it this? It's just Midwestern, right? No, it's super German. I Smoked love fish, the, the nose thing. on this because this is, yeah. it's clean, but yeah. you still get depth to it as well. Wait till you taste the, 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 the way this is hoppy. Because this is one of the hoppier offerings. But it's just oh, oh yeah. bright it's and bitter, lively yeah. and yeah. like it's not yeah. bitter per se. Yeah, I love that. And that you don't get like that kind of illusion of like hoppy tannins. Yeah. Because like, you don't like hoppy beer. No, you I also don't. don't like tannic wine. But I like like a like a Vienna lager, which has hoppiness, but not like a yeah. super grassy hop at all. Yeah. It's just like a really crisp hop. Yeah, this is very high marks. Uh, is, okay, yeah. so um, back to the food green. though. Yeah. Um, Rotten. Fast beer versus Christmas. When's most traditional? Because to me. Seems like a Christmas. Food. It's more of a winter food to me yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So it's just a German traditional dish, but it's super hearty. So I think, like the way that we would have stews generally in cold weather. I suggested making it this in, Christmas from to my wife, way. and I she's like, okay, describe to me what that is. And as the more I talked, she was like, <laughs> she said no. <laughs> she doesn't want it. I thought she'd get down. Uh, I think she. I, I think. The, I think the idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. The idea of the protein sounds good, but like yeah. the starch, like the, uh, what, the all the traditional. Um, yeah, like, um, um, yeah, uh, she's like, I don't want to eat spatzel and I hate potato spitzel. pancakes. I'm like, yeah, like, who yeah. hates potato pancakes? My wife doesn't like them, dear lord. Maybe it's because she doesn't know where to put them. That's fair, in you know, house. like, and it's or they're heavy in or they house. don't have enough for you know, like, yeah, potato pancakes too. It's a lot about like the accoutrement with the what you're having, right? Like, I really them. like potato yeah. pancakes, but it's that's because I decided a long time ago that I just really like eating them. Yeah. It's not because I love how much they taste. Right, yeah. I think they're good, but you, you know, like you gotta pile starch. stuff on yeah. them and like you know, yeah. I just I just like the like, like that like, particular delivery device for starch is sure. really agreeable sure. yeah. to me. I've always liked sauerbraten, but Jäger schnitzel is the best. Jäger is the mush that deep rich mushroomy sauce that you put over schnitzel. Oh yeah. So very high marks for this. Um, yeah, this is this my highest one so far. Good balance um, between the malt and the hops. I think mm-hmm. I think everything is really nicely in tune i don't know if i like it as much as the iron which which i think is my top but this is very very good what is it the reveal rochester Rochester mills Mills. well done oktoberfest celebration lager german style local boys they did great yeah Yeah. girls yeah this is another one that i haven't tasted in probably eight years yeah rochester mills though in my experience, whether I like the beer or I don't, they have never made anything that I've that I've truly disliked. And what I get from most of their beer is very good malt presence. Yeah. They've always done malty beer really, really well. Yeah. And I feel like also they're pretty good about staying true to style too, as, as far as their beers are concerned, at least in my opinion. Uh, I usually go there maybe like once a year because it is relatively close to where we are. Yeah, especially, well, yeah, because you're not in the Grand Lake, so it's even yeah. closer. Yeah. I'd like to make a little trip out there. They have a beautiful um, establishment, basically. Their, their breweries. fantastic. What, what part of uh, Rochester? Is it in Rochester? Um, it's kind of, I mean, I would say it's kind of near to Rochester, like downtown proper, yeah. I remember. Rochester is a very lovely downtown. Yeah. It smells super happy. So props to you, Rochester Mills, because mm-hmm. like I said, highest rating I have so far. Almost Very like, clear. Yeah. yeah An extremely traditional smelling. Mm-hmm. It's got that dankness again, Miller. Yes, the dankness, the diggity, diggity dankness. Thank you, Cynthia. I promise you, Cindy is more than just arms. You'll see her <laughs> face at the end. She's not made of arms. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, this this is probably another German one too. Would be my bet. Yeah. This does this does a lot of what the Bahensfana did for me, but I like this one a little bit more. I agree. It's just like refreshing. Yeah, yeah. The finish is super clean, but not not simple, not uncomplex. You get hop, you get not, lots of like kind of sweet, very very comforting malt. Um, and again, it, floral and like vegetal hops. 
Yeah, this is Noble Hops all the way through. Yeah. Probably the same two that we saw before at Tetnanger. And, I would have to guess so, yeah. hmm? And for this one, I'm going to say, I, I kind of really like it, yeah. Is this from the biggest brewery in, yeah. Hafrau yep. is indeed the largest, um, has, excuse me, the largest uh, beer hall in all of Germany. Yeah, it's supposed to be monstrous. Yeah, it, I think it holds over, um, like, I don't know, in total, I think they can hold over 3,000 people, including their their um, uh, beer garden. Hofbrau is absolutely what I think of when I think of of somebody bringing out an armful of giant beer steins, yeah, and just, or several. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. what I mean. In one hand, just plopping them down. When I was in, um, they have the largest beer tent during Oktoberfest as well. That makes sense. Yeah. When I was in, when I was in Prague years ago, we would go to uh, a Czech beer hall, mm-hmm. and they would have. I mean, we went to the, like a place that just served to say like Stauerpanen. Sure. And you would just get it was light and dark, you know, like like Pilsner and yeah. dark lager, yeah. and as I remember it, literally they just they put a piece of paper down and like you would order light or dark and they would just make check marks. Yeah. And then that's how they kept track of your bill your bill. Because so, you were literally only drinking one of two things. Yeah. And they'd come back around and be like, uh, you know, during Oktoberfest, you go to the the tent of the beer, like the, the brew you want to drink from. Yeah. And you just drink that beer the entire time. They might have one or two versions. It's usually the one version. Yeah. And they they employ thousands of people, most of them students, um, lots of times from other countries, so like like language students will do it a lot. Mm-hmm. They get 60 cents per beer plus tip. So at the end of that two-week period, they can make like over 5,000 euro just serving beers for like 12 hours a day. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Tons and running of, tons food, of, probably. Yeah. And running yeah. food. And, and you, you know, see you them, and they have people, literally like but... 10 beers in each well, they, yeah. like <laughs> It's economizing as much space yeah. as that you can. So you, each beer you sell, you get money. So you got to just keep on, keep on selling what you got. I haven't had a half brown so long. It's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the last. Because again, I have not drank my breath. The phone is ringing, but we're not open. <laughs> <laughs> so, Where's for, the those, for those who are watching this or listening to it, we always move the bar phone to the office um, during the podcast, and we completely forgot. We forgot this time. So, <laughs> but if they want a reservation, they'll call back. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Can I just read your notes for a second? What does this say right here? Quaffable. Quaffable. Yeah. Quaffable. Quaffable. Not a quaffle for those who know the Harry of Harry Potter fame. Well, no, that would be um yeah. yeah, I don't even think they called it quaffle at Durmstrang, which is the German wizard school. It's, I thought it was Bulgarian. Is it Bulgarian? Oh, you would be my resident Harry Potter nerd. Okay. What precisely does quaffable oh, even mean? Easy to drink. I love that. Yeah. Why Something that's quaffable is easy to easy to drink. Why do I think quaffing is basically like this? Like boxing someone by their ears. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I was thinking of like quaffing is like with your hair. Isn't that a thing too? Oh yeah, hair quaff. That's yeah. that's C O I F F E though. Oh, that's this is Q U A F F. And French lessons. And <laughs> French versus German. Yeah. Or no, I, I don't know. What the, well, I don't know where. Quaff, the quaff is probably French. They're both the, like the hair thing. Yeah, but Q U A F F. I'm not sure what where the yeah. etymology of that word comes from. But anyhow, anyhow, here's the last number, one. Here's number 10. This is what happens <laughs> after we've sampled nine Oktoberfest. Another lovely nose, very malty. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Mm. It's interesting because they're, it's a lot sweeter on the finish. And it's so funny when you're tasting stuff in in order like this, where the alcohol content is very, very minimal in terms of how it changes beer to beer, this, you can start to feel the alcohol heat yeah, I was, come in just a little bit. I was thinking that as well. And you also get the flavor of it too, a little bit. It's of so other. crazy. Like you're on this progression from like, what, like what is Frank and five, five and a half. Come on, Frank and with the afterprint at 5.27. And the Huffbrow right before it is, not on here it's got to be on here 6.3 thank you so we've gone up one percent and this this last one is probably like six four six five but you can taste it yeah you certainly can and i'm 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 very torn about 
how I feel about which it. Which maybe maybe why I want to kind of dink it a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, that's. I shouldn't. Funny. It shouldn't show like that at the yeah. end. Because you definitely, yeah, you could definitely get a uh, slight. I kind of like that though. Oh yeah. yeah. Know, because it's I like sweet. gravity beers. It's yeah. sweet and malty, and really, uh, my personal choice for any Oktoberfest style beer is more malty than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in this one, you 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 get the malt, but yeah, that you do still get like a little Christmas is, and then from the alcohol. It's a so. thing that we haven't tasted in any of the other ones. Sure. That slight alcohol kick to it. This is a nice beer. This is do doing it. a lot of what Bell's did for me, but not quite as well. Yeah, I, I yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna start making my. We want to do top three. I mean, do we want to do top three or do we want to do the entire gamut? What do you think? No, I'm just, I think we each give our top three. Each give our top three. three. Okay, we can three, do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to know what this last one was. Yes, please. Great Lakes Brewing. I knew what Great it was because I bought Lakes. it and it was the last one left. Cleveland, Ohio. And this is oh, a um, this is interesting because I, I, I do like this beer. I didn't like it as much compared to some of the other ones. That's fair. But it's funny because... The, German um, lager is something that Great Lakes does well, and this is not their best one. Not their best shot. Uh, Great Lakes is one of the few breweries in North America to offer a Dortmunder-style lager. In Which is fantastic. Their Dortmunder Gold is unbelievably good. Um, which is a year-round beer for them, too. So. All right, let's all look at our numbers and see what we got here. number eight again? Number eight was um, Rochester Mills. Oh, wait, yeah, sorry. Eight oh, was yeah, yeah, Mills, nine, yeah. Was, yeah. nine was Hoffbrow. <clears throat> yeah, that's. I was gonna say I'm kind of having to pick between a few for my top three. Yeah. I mean, just looking at my numbers, I I definitely have my top three. I think. Translate it here real quick. Just a moment. Just a moment. <laughs> wow, it's a great lineup. I thought there would be like. I thought it would be. More difficult to decide. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I, did I thought well. some would stand but out. I think crazy, but I, I mean, I personally have three standouts. Like I said, I think I definitely am kind of choosing between about six. So you know, I am too. I've, I've got narrowed it down. But I've got kind much. of, I've got kind of tiers, right? So I've got my like my three. Yeah. And then right after that are a bunch that I really, really like. Yeah. That kind of would all be in the same tier. And then I've got, unfortunately, I've got kind of. Breckenridge, Great Lakes, and Old Nation down at the bottom. Yeah. And, I say that, and I've yeah. changed mine up based on like what I personally would choose might not be my top, what I'm choosing for my top three because I'm trying to get for those that are more um, reminiscent of the traditional style. Sure. Yeah. You know? And one technically is not, but it's still been really good to me. So. Yeah, I would say my list is just purely by flavor and how I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Are we are we ready? Are you ready, Blooms? Ladies I'm first ready. for your top three. Okay, so I'm going to. Oh, she's wearing three. the dirtle. The Dirndl? I stand corrected. Based on traditional style mainly, I'm going to choose my first one as Aina, I think it is pronounced, Aina, or Aina, and then Hofbrau, We would say Einer. Einer. Say it again. Aina. Aina, okay. Aina. If you can't do if you can't do the traditional pronunciation, don't attempt to pronounce it that. Way. I am not going. To. One, one quick trick for pronunciation: if you see two vowels next to each other, for instance, I E, pronounce that E. So beer is spelled B I E R, and it's pronounced beer because it's beer, beer, the E, beer. All right, um, that was my number one. My number two is Hofbrau. My number three, uh, weirdly, is North Peak. I actually thought North Peak did a better traditional style than really? some of the other Germans. I have that really exact like same three, and what? I have the same number one. Uh, Einer is, is my is my number one. Um, I'm stunned by how good I think North Peak is, so I put that number two. And you, I have Hoffbrow three. You guys three. both have the same top three. We right? have the same top yeah, three. Wow, slightly different order. Yeah. My honorable mention is uh, Bells and Vahenstvan. My honorable nice. mentions would be Bells and <laughs> Rochester. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So from my perspective, like I said, just going purely on flavor, my number one was Rochester Mills, mm-hmm. actually. And then I just love the, the maltiness of it and the body it's really of it. Malty. And then my the other two are German beers. So uh, two I put Hofbrau. Mm-hmm. I really like the um, the it was just like I said refreshing. Yes. And, the, yeah. and I think the hop quality to it was was just beautifully done. And then three is the Weinstefana. So yeah, is good. <laughs> interestingly enough, we all light. put a German beer. We all put two German beers in our top three. Yeah. So. As beer lovers, we we enjoyed a great deal of the other um, 
representations of fest beer, but we still kind of reverted back to that original, like that traditional style. German Oktoberfest. Yeah. Uh, uh, the best. Yeah. And if we can kind of come out of this with anything, I mean, way to go, North Peak. Great job. We, I love this beer. I'm going to go out and get a six pack today. I'm going to say, I would also drink a six pack of Frankenmuth's and Bell's as well. They just were a little sweeter, probably, than the traditional style would have been. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. dinged Frankenmuth mostly on appearance. That's true. Yeah. It was. But I would totally, I mean, I'm, I would easily dial up a, a stein of that if, yeah. if yeah. I was there and I would really, really, really enjoy it. And there wasn't a single beer here that I thought was bad. Everything was really good. Yeah. There were some that I just kind of failed to climb the heights that the other ones did. But. Yeah. And again, too, you can assess these, you know, whether a lot of different ways, whether it's flavor profile wise, whether it's more traditional to the style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. But yeah, not not a bad beer in the lot. I tend to do Oktoberfest both with and without food. So I also uh, would, would kind yeah. of, I, I liked some of these drier, more refreshing styles because most likely I would be consuming them with like a heavier plate. Salty, yeah. Yeah. usually. Yeah. 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 And to that end, the German ones are really great because they will knife through that salt. Absolutely. So, uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us yeah. on our journey through 10 North American and traditional German Oktoberfests. Yeah. And, and thank uh, you to Cindy. Yeah. Come on where's over. Cindy? Let the people see you. This is the it's lovely, lovely Cindy. Cynthia. Who also manages the local brewery in Fenton, uh, Fenton Winery and Brewery. Yeah. Uh, so she knows her way around some beer and she talks about beer quite a bit. So thank you so much. Yeah, definitely it. go and check them out. They had a great pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. And um, Prost. Prost. Yeah. Prost. Join us next time. We didn't drink it with us. Just like that. Just like that. Ah, yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. That was fun. Y'all, look yeah. at what this pen this did to my hand. Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh, show it to the camera. <laughs> we're still recording, so Jonathan can get some, some extra shit. Oh, I'm so glad we only did ten because if we did twelve, I would be. As long as it I, 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 I sipped lager and kept up on my correspondence. I saved them for you. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a lot more beer over there. And that's what.